Welcome to the Why Not Podcast, a show that celebrates uncertainties through various perspectives and possibilities, so you can inject some inspiration and a dash of that daredevil spirit in your everyday life. I'm your host, Belle Baldoza, a former radio DJ turned storyteller for tech unicorns and a self-confessed pop culture junkie who is on a constant quest to find life's meaning. Join me as we listen to various stories from brave people who found themselves taking the leap at the intersection of I don't know and I can by asking themselves, why not? Today, we're discussing a really interesting topic with Valerie Fisher, a digital entrepreneur, neuro-linguistic programming practitioner, and a proud Filipino products advocate, who is also the founder of Pinas-Sadya.com, a website bringing together the best local product source across over 7,000 islands in the Philippines. We're going to discuss her colorful journey, so stay tuned all the way. Welcome to the Why Not Podcast, Val. Thank you so much for joining us today. Good morning. Good morning. We're very excited to have you and really learn from your story. So maybe we can start with sharing a little bit about yourself and your journey so far. What keeps you busy these days? I teach online. So I have several courses, several modules that I teach. It's usually for right now, it's like real estate practitioners, but I also have for entrepreneurs and small business owners. So that's what they've been doing for, I think, for the last three months. And also, of course, I have been uh, selling stuff, items from our website, Pinasadia. I also do the social media marketing for that, Mm -hmm. which is very important right now because that's where people are. They're on their Facebooks and Instagram. And using my knowledge from what I teach, actually from the digital courses that I teach, I also apply it to the Pinasadia Ad, ads creation, what photos to use, videos that we can use. So I just combine what I teach and then also the business side of Pinasa Yeah, we're, we're very curious to know what was that, that turning point where you've made a conscious choice to, to support and really promote local products and weave them into your life. I've always been a fan of Filipino products. My first job allowed me to go to different parts of the country. And that's where I saw the artisans, the makers, really how they, how lovingly they made our, Mm. they make our products. And that's where I started. But then during one time in my journey, (laughs) one of my office mates said, what you're wearing is badui. What is badui is not trendy. It's not fashionable. (laughs) It's not, just not right. She just felt that it wasn't nice. It wasn't beautiful. Since I was young and I wanted to please people around me, I never wore it again. But then little things, like I would have little earrings. I would have headbands that are made in the Philippines and made by, by artisans. And then sometime in 2014 or 2015, we met Patis Tesoro, who, who is considered the grand dame of Philippine fashion. Mm-hmm. And she actually activated like that flame, that want, that love for Filipino products. Because we, when we went to her shop, I'm like, shocks, these are just so beautiful. You can see the craftsmanship, the artistry that goes behind all of her products. And not only that, so there, she has her shop and then you will see even the things that she puts there her tables, her chairs, her windows, everything. And then I realized if somebody can make a lifestyle out of this, why will I be afraid? And she's famous. <laughs> she's Patiste Soro and she loves it. So why can I not 
be like her? Why am I, why should I be ashamed of my heritage? And then after that, I met Ugubigyan. I met different Zarahuan artists, creatives, creatives in the Philippines. And then I'm like, they're so cool. They're such cool people. I can be like them. I can be cool. I'm not going to hide it anymore. I'm like them. <laughs> and that's when it reactivated that whole love for Filipino products. And 2018 was when we got married. We were in Patisa's shop in Makati and we were asking for her advice if Steve was going to wear a barong because we were asking her where can we get a barong like a really nice one because we wanted something filipino that was it and then she said no don't wear uh don't wear a barong you're getting married in an island and then we were like you know what you're right and she actually planted the idea of a pre-colonial wedding. And I just ran with it. I'm like, wow, that is such a, a good idea. Because prior to that, I was already trying on gowns and gowns. And when she said pre-colonial, I'm like, oh, something else. That was why it didn't feel right. Because that wasn't the concept that wasn't the fit for us. And then when we, she recommended pre-colonial we, I personally went to different provinces <laughs> again, like we went to Baguio, I went to Davao, etc., to find all of these materials and products because I wanted it to be as authentic as possible. When we, we were driving around Lili, I think, or I forget which town in Laguna, I saw on the side, they were supposed to throw them away, those co coconut husks. They were just on the side. And I'm like, oh, we can use that as candle holders. So we asked the, the owner of the house. I said, can I buy 10 pieces of your coconut husk? And she looked at me like, why will you buy it? We're supposed to throw, just choose. <laughs> and then so I just, we gave her some monies for the coconut husk. But we wanted it to be as authentic as possible. And that was the whole idea behind the pre-colonial wedding. We wanted it real. We wanted it to be us. We wanted it to be colorful and Filipino. But aside from it being Filipino, it was pre-colonial. It was us before the Spaniards came. It was us before the Japanese came, the U.S., the Americans came. That started the whole revival of my loving Filipino again and being so proud of it, really so proud. That's a really great story because that was a major life event. And that really led you to rekindle something that has been in you all along. I would say mm -hmm. because of, since you had your first job, you love handmade Filipino items from all over the country. So that wedding happened and it was the catalyst for you to rekindle your love for, for, for yes. Filipino products. How did that lead you to uh, launching a website? that yes. actually sources the best products from all over the Philippines, across the different islands of the Philippines, and brings them together um, in one place. Yes, I didn't have a break. Like for that, for the 18 years, probably the, the break is only Christmas like that. I said, I want to, I really want to do this wedding and I want to rest. And something in me just did not feel right. <laughs> I have been reading books like self-help, I started with Start With Why. <laughs> that was my first uh, book that really made me question my motives, my purpose, what am I here for? And so I said, maybe it's time to start over. Like I was, 
I was willing. I was like, what can I do? What else can I do? I was the youngest, one of the youngest AVPs in my previous job. And then I said, even if I work 20 more years, I don't think I will be president of this company. (laughs) And do you really want to be, right? I didn't want to be. And I asked myself, do I want to be? Is this the path that I really want to take? I want to make, I know I have a voice, I have an influence there, but I realized I can take that voice somewhere else. And so I I quit my job, of course, with the blessing of my soon-to-be husband. I said, if I don't get the job soon, you'll pay for my... (laughs) You'll pay for my... For my... No, it helped that I have I have a very supportive uh, supportive husband, and so I said, okay, I, I'll quit. And then, of course, I had time, like I had time to reconnect. I called friends. I said, I'm free today. Do you want to catch up, have breakfast, etc.? And one of those friends is my friend Skeeter from college. So we were having breakfast that lasted like from 9 a.m. until 2 p.m. <laughs> that was the breakfast that started all of this. And I was telling her about the difficulty, the struggles, and the challenges that. I was having with the wedding. I said, why is it so difficult? It's all Filipino products. We're in the Philippines. We're Filipinos. Why is it so difficult to have all of these things? We went, I think around that time there was some Manila fame. So Manila fame is like a, a, a huge trade fair. And I wanted something like a furniture. It's, it's really nice. And then the guy said, I'm sorry, ma'am. It's only for export. And I'm like, I'm Filipino. I'm supposed to enjoy all of these beautiful things that that cannot be. And so I was also telling my friend, and she's actually a a serial entrepreneur. She has nine brands. (laughs) She said, you know what? Let's have a business. <laughs> Let's put this up because I've always wanted uh, an e-commerce site. I just don't know what to sell. That's what she said. I'm like, she said home products. And then based on my insight, why not home products? So we started with the home products that are made in the Philippines and supporting community, supporting artisans, creatives, artists, etc. And that's when it started. And immediately that day, we came up with Pinas. Pinas is Philippines. Of course, it's a short version. Sadia in Tagalog is purpose. What mm. is the pur- you, or your purpose? And Sadia in Bisaya also means joy or merriment or happiness. So it's bringing joy and happiness using by bringing in our Filipino product. So that's the whole started. And then when you combine Pinasadya, it means what's Pinasadya is for you. It's personalized. Yeah. So that's how this whole, you know, thing started. And then we started sourcing. We went to different trade fairs. I called up my wedding suppliers. I got suppliers from Pampalawan. I got Patis Tesoro in. I got Ugu Bigyan in. So we got big names immediately. And then I realized there was really reason why I met all of these people because they were supposed to be part of the journey of this whole, that this Pinasadya because Patis also wanted to go digital and mm. Ugo is from Quezon. So we wanted to create connections. So Pinasadya is about creating connections between the makers and the buyers. And then the buyers also to the makers and saying, hey, can you make something for me? Can you make me Pinasadya? Can you make a personalized something for me? And then that's also the connection. And 
connection also figurative and literally it's digital it's the digital connection that we give to these artisans and communities that we have and not only also or not only to um like artists like we have a group of parents from they're they're from papaya academy so they're low income and then the parents in their free time they make bayong so we ask me design a bayong and then we ask them to create some for us so we help those kinds of communities all over the philippines and yeah so that's how pinasadya started that is a fascinating story and i realized that the the name itself like pinasadya has so much color behind it the confluence of joy and purpose and it's something that's really made for you Like, yes. like like it's all of that and it, i guess like it was like just really something that was waiting to happen but it's just yes. that you help facilitate that and bring everybody together like these artisans and big names uh, in the arts who were already having a platform globally but didn't really have a place uh, to actually promote their work back home and yeah like that was like a, that was really like a great origin story and it has been now two years right since this adventure of yours started and and now Pinas uh, Sadia is a full-blown e-commerce platform really bringing the best of uh, Filipino culture and I feel like it actually has set the stage uh, for other platforms of a similar kind to actually exist like like just thinking back over the two years that flew by what were some of the learnings um, that you've had a along this journey like what were some of the biggest wins and uh, failures um, that you've encountered and anything that you can share around that you have to be ready to get get your hands dirty throw away the pride <laughs> start over it really it's hard you, there are days when they don't have sales especially these days and this pandemic has really made us like step back because the products that we have some of the products that we have are also like lifestyle and luxury and um non-essentials so for, for two months we were like what do we do how do we move forward with this because But then if it's a purpose, if it's really your why, if it's part of your why, then you have to get through it. The operative word is through <laughs> into the future and just sleep and wake up after all that this is after all this is over. So we're surviving. And I am using, as I said, I'm using my knowledge and my my skills in digital Um, advertising and social media marketing to really help us also sell. Like the other day, I was so proud of myself. I only paid 140 pesos. What's like, that's $3. And we were able to get three high ticket items because I was very, you know, particular about the detailed targeting. Things like that. You also have to not be embarrassed about selling. Hmm. Oh, I was, again, uh, part of the corporate world. People looked up to me like she's a, a head honcho, etc. And then I started selling on Facebook. <laughs> and we're like, is she selling now? Is she like an online seller now? She used to be, you know, this big time honcho, whatever. It's your business. You don't have to be embarrassed about doing that. And I have to be proud about my friends because they're my number one supporters. I really get a lot of sales and inquiries from friends, even friends of friends. I think those two get your hands dirty and do not be embarrassed. <laughs> There's nothing embarrassing about owning a business. 
I feel like the shift in perception right now is actually happening because this entire pandemic has also really been a forcing function to introduce digital transformation in people's lives. And in that regard, people now are increasingly exploring platforms to showcase their talent or to sell things that they can make. And I think just speaking of transformations, right, following the website launch and, of course, your entrepreneurial journey would be that. So, yeah, what were some of the other doors that have opened for you? I always used to tell myself, I'm not creative. It's the same as, it's the same as I can't cook. I always used to tell myself, I'm not creative. I can't draw, even if my life depended on it. I can't sing. I'm not creative. I always tell myself, for some reason, I had that story in my head. And then after NLP, so NLP, uh, Neuro Linguistic Programming, that's not true. It's not true that I'm not creative. It's not true that I can't do this. So when we were doing Pinasadia, I also started um, attending like creative hubs, the creative hub meetings, conferences, British Council has that actually yearly. And I met a lot of people like me who were starting, who were also promoting Philippine products, but like their drawings or like other items. So I was actually able to get um, partners from those events wow. that I attended. And because I now know that world, it's a, it's a totally different world. I have more empathy for people who are just starting. So when I did, when I started doing the digital training, I gave some of them for free for those that are also selling like local products. Those people referred me and then referred me and then referred me until I was able to also get some paying customers from from the referrals. And I think it's as long as the intent is good and the intent is there, like helping, because the intent did not change. The intent for me to help and support artisans, communities, and startups, it's not only about like them selling their products to us. It's also about them being able to sell their products on their own. I'm not stopping them from and saying, just sell to Pinasadya. No, they have to be empowered. They have to learn how to do this themselves. They have to learn how to be able to adjust to this ever-changing digital world we're all forced to live in right now. So those doors that have been opened and I have been asked to talk to talk to people about the journey. I have been asked to talk to other uh, women startups and have this voice so I can hopefully inspire other people to do not be afraid. It's really your journey. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you're, when, if you're old or you're young. You can't force everyone to have the same linear journey as, as everyone else. And so what if I'm old? What if, I, what if I'm 40? I am able to bring all my marketing, advertising, events, background, and knowledge into to this business. And so that is why this business, this brand is what it is because of those learnings. It's because of all those experiences all put and blended together. Just going back a little bit to loving Filipino products, I've actually really seen an explosion of platforms that celebrate 
Filipino creativity and showcase Filipino products. And I think like Pinas Adia was actually one of the earliest websites that like I've seen that aggregated all of those products and brought them to one place. How you're seeing that play out on the ground, right? Like that mindset shift. I've been away, you know, like from the Philippines for over 10 years now. So as an observer from outside the country, I've really seen a mindset shift, like in terms of how these products were being perceived. Like you talked earlier about your story where you were called out by one of your colleagues for having a corny accessory, which was a local accessory. We're so far from that now. There's a real celebration of the craft of the products and they are brands on their own. So I guess as a, as one of the people who helped spearhead that movement in some way, how is this development playing out right now? And especially right now, as we are amidst this global pandemic where we are all forced to stay home, really. It's about time that we have this movement for the Philippines. I've always been envious about those little artisan streets whenever we go out of the country. Like there's a street in Moscow, it's called Arbat Street. Mm. There's a street in um, Cambodia. There is a, a lot in Vietnam and everywhere. Everywhere there's always these artisan artisan communities and that's what we don't have here in the Philippines and I think that it's about time that we have that we have that mindset of being proud of who we are what we are what we can do the products that we have the materials that we have like abaca the abaca and banana they said that those materials have really as masks are really effective in protecting yourself and that's ours that's a Filipino material so I think it's about time that we do that and uh, it's about time that everyone supports this this whole movement. I I liken it to a like a forest. Like mm. forests have it has a lot of trees, like different kinds of trees and different kinds of plants and different kinds of whatever, you know, flowers, but all thrive because you're all different and you have your own personality that you give to the forest. You have your own role to give to the forest. And it's the same here. It can be a forest full of Filipino products and Filipino items, as long as it, I think, as long as it caters to different types of market. You raise such a provocative question, right? Because we are so quick to look up to other brands and, and put a premium to brands from overseas. And I think that is also a byproduct of like a colonial mentality, really. But at the stage where we need to realize that actually we have similar, if not even more superior products here that are made by our own people. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like when I get asked, why is, it, why is this so expensive? And compa expensive compared to what? <laughs> it's, it's not really just the price. I think that we have to realize it's the value, the time and the love that these people put into these products. Mm. I am also slowly seeing your products have a following. Like I've seen like other websites and platforms. They sell items that get sold out very quickly as well. It's great. Like people like you have instigated that process because it's introducing a change in mindset 
among consumers. So that's a really great thing. I wanted to uh, actually like delve into a little bit of a, you know, like a controversial, partly controversial topic right now. And I think like this has been largely discussed, especially this year as well, because there's been a cultural catalyst for this conversation to happen. But I wanted to just get your take as a purveyor and as an advocate of local culture. Where do you think we should draw the line between celebrating culture and local culture and cultural appropriation? What we have, do we have a monopoly over what is ours or should we actually find ways to celebrate it with others? I think we should celebrate it with others. It's a small world. It's global. It's not as as I would like to celebrate being local and being regional, the world, it's global, digital especially. And we have so much to share. Why are we going to keep it to ourselves? But we have to be careful, even us, even with Pinasadia, whenever we have a material, like a weave, we ask the tribes, we ask the community, what does this mean? What products can we make out of this? Like we can't make into shoes or slippers because they're not supposed to touch the ground. So when we do that, number one is we have to say where it came from, the materials, and really honor the the people who made them. But I don't think that it should stop us from making and sharing it as long as we tell the world where it's from. It comes down to respect, I think, of their of their craft, the respect of the craft. So I think that's where we that's where we draw the line. I love that insight on intention also, like respecting the intention of which this product is actually like made of or made from. And that is really deeply rooted in the culture of the people who produce that. The world just is increasingly becoming interconnected. And I think with the democratization of content in the digital space, I feel like there's a lot of opportunities to really celebrate and share cultures mm-hmm. and not necessarily call out people for wanting to embrace other cultures. Mm-hmm. As long as you have respect for the intention of the, the people, the culture that where this particular product came from, you're starting off on the right place. Yes. And don't hide it. Don't claim it as as if it's yours. Really honor and acknowledge the makers. Absolutely. We want to make sure that you acknowledge that this is something that you are embracing. You are not the creator of this. And so, again, boiling down to respect, I think, like respecting the culture, respecting the heritage of the people where that certain piece or product came from. It's been really great just speaking with you. I've learned quite a lot. And I would have to say that I myself, I'm still pretty much like uh, trying to dip my toes into understanding a little bit more about the culture of our artisans and understanding that a little bit more to see how I can weave it into my daily life, really. And so as we wrap up um, this episode, as an advocate for all things local and, and as someone who has consciously made an effort to uphold and support local products as part of your professional and personal life, what would be your advice to people like myself or people who are listening right now trying to find out a little bit more about how they could also weave in a love of local products into their lives? Mm-hmm. You don't have to buy the 
trendy stuff or the ones that you see the celebrities wear or you can start small as i said i had that little bracelet that i wore when i was young i would buy um trinkets i would buy keychains i would buy wall art etc it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that you're only supporting local if you're buying the expensive ones little things like your local even your local baker that's all that's already supporting local i'm not saying that you should only buy from us it's it's, it's everywhere and it doesn't have to be expensive it really doesn't have to be expensive you just start small and start to weave it don't be afraid to show it it's the in thing now <laughs> you're being trendy i'm so glad that it happened because it was hard to defend it before like my office mate was saying are you sure you don't want to wear a white gown for your wedding are you sure you want to do it local is it not gonna update uh, it or whatever i'm like no <laughs> i think we have to also find that love for the philippines love for our country love for our countrymen not only the products because part of what i do is to support the artisans themselves, the Filipinos, the people, the locals. It's overall, it's love of our land. It's love of our tourist spots, our provinces, etc. And that's already loving local. When you travel locally, it's, it's everything put together. It's not just a product. It's a lifestyle. I think it's a lifestyle for us. And just have the courage to embrace it embrace being filipino sometimes we say we were afraid to say we're filipino don't be afraid <laughs> what what i know it's not all peachy right now but <laughs> we're still filipinos and we have to be proud to at be the one. end of the day there's a lot of things to be proud about really like with our cult you know colorful history our heritage and i think embracing that there's nothing wrong with that and, and mm -hmm. it kind of like really ask yourself, why not? Like, why not I just start small and start learning more about this? For the benefit of all our listeners out there, Val, if they're curious about your presence on social media um, and the digital space, where can we find you? You can find us at www.pinas.com dash sadia.com we have our new uh, products we have a new collection up right now those are our own designs so please support us and i am also at www.valeriefisher.net -E i have free downloadables for all of you to jumpstart your digital journey so please follow me and subscribe that's great. We will definitely check those out. PNS-Sadia.com and ValerieFisher.net. Thank you so much, Val, for, for being part of, you. part of our podcast and sharing your story and your wisdom with us. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening to the Why Not Podcast. We hope we've helped inspire and empower you to ask yourself why not and find out what's next for you. For everyone who's tuned in, we would appreciate it if you could show some love for this podcast by leaving us a review on this channel or feel free to send us questions, suggestions, rants, and raves all welcome at hello at whynotpodcast.com. For the latest and greatest, follow us on our social media channels at whynotthepodcast. Until next time, sending good vibes your way. Bye.